I guess the directive for this episode is just, let's keep the laughs to a minimum. <laughs> just fact-based shit. Just yeah, just fact-based. No big, no big laughs, you know. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have like a political discussion or something. <laughs> <laughs> what would? What if Adelaide Stevenson had the, had the double dill? <laughs> Excellent point, Aaron. Excellent point. Let's talk about that. You just said Adelaide Stevens and I started laughing. <laughs> I when have you met in your whole life someone named Adelaide? <laughs> hey, Adelaide. What? Who are you talking to? I think Adelaide was one of the kids at the Christmas dinner country style at Bing Crosby's house. Totally. Yeah. Little Adelaide had a kazoo or yeah. a fiddle or whatever the Played fuck the he had. on his knee. You're right. <laughs> he can't Adelaide. hear real good out of one of his ears, but we may do. Because he fell in a crick. In, uh, in, the cold, in, in the cold spell last year. <laughs> he tends to the turkeys. You know, I don't know. It's bad life. You have returned once again to Ear and Loathing. We are the number one rockers forever. This is episode 70. We still can't retire, you know, according to the law. Although I think it's about time we did. We're, we're, we're falling in showers. We're getting migraines. I mean, this, this whole crew has fallen apart. We got the walking wounded over here. Just emotional. It is. What do you expect? We're 70. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is what happens. I know. Get, get ready for it. Can't stay young forever. <laughs> Can't stay young forever. You can stay forever. What? Number one rockers Number forever. Number one rockers forever. That's nice. <laughs> I don't care how old we get. I don't care. It's in the term, forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Episode 70. We're going to get some torture going. We're going to get some sorbets going. The whole the whole thing's going to just unfold before your very eyes. And uh, I am here with my Gitmo bros. And uh, let's start with the... The foxiest media darling in the hospital ward. Why don't you say hello? Hey, I'm George White. I took a spill in the shower on the cold white tile. Doctor said to take it easy. I'd be laid up for a while. Hurt my pride, ruffled my feathers. But there's no better medicine than all three Getmo Bros together. Yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> Fuck you, Doc. <laughs> I prescribe me, Doctor Gitmo, feel good. That's right. My Gitmo's no. Hey. You went to Johnny Hopkins. I went to Burbank. That's right. <laughs> and he is calling from the North Star. He's my North Star. He's George's North Star, and he is the Filipino nurses' North Star. Why don't you say hello? Baringa. The Gitmo Bros were invited to join the Beach Boys in the late 90s, but we turned them down because it's hard enough to share the planet with Mike Love. Never mind a tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus the restraining order we had. I mean, that kind yeah, of yeah, killed yeah. that whole deal, too. <laughs> Never mind a bunk on a tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we are. Speaking of a guy who's been, he had his own torture chamber experience, but we're going to continue to torture him. Yeah, it's me, isn't it? Yeah, it is you. <laughs> yeah. I guess as we proceed here, as we often do here on Ear and Loathing, we're going to uh, open up the floor to George. But first, his uh, sympathetic buddy is going to chime in with some 
words of, you know, just encouragement and sensitivity, empathy. Uh, let's see what he has to say about you and, and your health issues. Here we go. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. Well, well he and, and Goober sounded slightly more empathetic than usual. What do you think? Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate your appreciate your sentiments. Good bedside manner. <laughs> you know. <laughs> they you know. maintain an even strain, not unlike the Mercury 7 astronauts, you know? Yeah, they're not emotional people. <laughs> no, you can't afford to be when you're a test pilot like that. <laughs> so, yeah, they've opened the door, and now George is going to regale us with what he considers probably his greatest kibitz corner of all time. In the face of adversity, George is going to come through and let us have it. Let's do it. Okay, so, you know... Over uh, over the time with the uh, premise generator, the Getmo brothers, the Getmo bros, brothers even. We can say Getmo brothers, can't we? Sure. Because we are. The Guantanamo brothers. <laughs> we, the Guantanamo brothers. <laughs> that sounds like coffee. We're making a coffee. There you go. Quick, somebody make us a coffee. Is it Guantanamo brothers? Then I'll have some. <laughs> I'll stop at half a cup. <laughs> and that's a nice lead in, Aaron, because um, with the premise generator, we've, we've done a James Bond movie. Yes. We've done, I believe, a rock opera. Um, an entire other movies, an entire, um, lifestyle system. Yeah. Business. Yeah. Business. We've done a lot. Sexuality business. What we're going to do here, we're going to take it a little smaller and this is going to be premise generator, local commercial jingle. Oh, (laughs) okay. Well, we can't do premise generator without the theme song, right? That's right. Okay. Here we go. So, it's so it's so grand for the dumbest thing. <laughs> it's like if Chariots of Fire was about hopscotch. Thank you, Premise Generator. Wait, don't turn it off yet. We haven't even used it yet. I know. Sorry. Well, you mean you're just turning <laughs> off the song? Uh, the theme. Yeah. I just realized what's so great about it, too, is what you just said about the grandeur of it, that when you listen to the percussion part of it, you get the feeling it's not it's not a bass drum and a guy just behind a kit with a cymbal. Like, that's a guy with a timpani yeah. and a guy with two cymbals crashing them together at the same time. Oh, for yeah, sure. They're, they're wearing tuxes. That's what that is. They're with the Boston Pops. <laughs> yeah, it's a total Boston Pops. <laughs> We've got a total Arthur Fiedler situation here. I'm telling you. what. <laughs> Do you think that's a gay bar in, in Beantown where it's just for older dudes? Boston Pops. <laughs> Boston Pops. <laughs> All right. So you said we're, we're coming up with a local jingle. And also what I was inspired by, which... Um, so I'm going to have you play the clip I sent you. And this is from a HVAC company, a heating and air conditioning company that I deal with in my uh, day job as a property manager. And this came on when you're on hold. And I thought, this is such an awesome jingle. We have to try something like this. And bear in mind, ours doesn't have to be, have this production value. I mean, it can be as short as sports, Shelly, take it to the limit if we want. (laughs) But I wanted you guys to hear this one because it's just so awesome and so funny. So let it roll. Okay, here we go. Conditioning, plumbing, and water heaters. This call may be monitored for quality assurance. To speak to the next available representative, press one. (laughs) Are you feeling too hot or too cold? 
Let our HVAC system take hold From winter's chill to summer's heat We keep your home at the perfect beat Get ready to feel so fine Let our HVAC system you always shine Comfort and saving, that's our goal Come on and join our happy fold Our units are the best in town Reliable, never let you down Say goodbye to high energy bills Our HVAC system will give you thrills You're ready to feel so fine With our HVAC system you'll always shine Comfort and saving, that's our goal Wow. And that's it. Sounds like the Del Fuegos. It just keeps going. <laughs> and I just love that he wants us to, um, savings, that's our goal. Come on and join our happy fold. Oh. I love that. I was wondering, I go, did, he didn't say home, but he said fold? <laughs> I think he said fold. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the lyrics, but in my head, come on and join our happy fold. Why wouldn't you want it? We have goals. We're a happy fold. Come on. No truth to the rumor that Scott Bayo sang lead on that? I think that sounds way better. That, that Scott <laughs> doesn't have the chops of that guy. Baseline's so groovy. The dynamic, I think, going on here is that there's, you know, it skips laundry and heating or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And that's his son, who is our age and was trying to make it as a rocker for many years. And so they <laughs> broke him off a slice and said, listen, why don't you do our, our hold music? And that's what he came out. Yeah. And they thought it was just going to be like a sax solo or something easy. And he comes up with a whole song. Right. <laughs> An epic song. I mean, it was about five times too long to be a jingle. Right. Are we oh, supposed yeah. to come up with something that that long, George? No, no, no. I just that was. I just thought that was a funny thing that inspired me. Of like, <laughs> this we should come up. It can be like half. It's, it can be thirty seconds, or it can be sport chalet. Take it to the limit. Yeah, just whatever we come up with. Okay, but I thought it'd be a fun thing to do to try to come up with a jingle. Yeah, I, I love this. Okay, cool. Before we get into it, if we have time, if it gets, if this takes too long, then maybe not. But yeah, could we do like the sort of sensitive jingle and also the rockin' jingle? Like, I feel like we could come up with, with a series of jingles for this. Oh, no, we can Don Draper the shit out of this to pitch to the client. Yeah. If we have yeah. time, we can do a couple, three of them, different ideas, do a country version, whatever. Right, right, okay. And maybe whatever we, whatever the, the Prem Gem comes up with, we'll dictate the audience, you know? Got it. So we'll see what it comes up with. And if we don't like it, we can let it spin again. But uh, I trust the Prem Generator. Yeah, who doesn't? What do we want to ask him first? Do you want? Uh, is it, we need to find out, is it a proper name? Yeah, you know, Danny Johnson's Heating and Plumbing is what we're looking for, something like that. But it can be anything. Let's just do it both so we can uh, see what's the best. Okay. <laughs> Stella Dennis. <laughs> Stella Dennis, love it. Oh, man, I already know what the business is. Even without the, the premise generator's help. Uh, Stella Dennis. Yeah, that's that's a great name. Okay. So Stella Dennis, and then we'll do a, a noun just to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> mud. <laughs> Stella, Stella Dennis's mud. Mud removal service. <laughs> There's recent flooding in the in the city of Angels. Certainly yeah, right. true. Stella Dennis's mud removal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I kind of like that. I mean, that's the that's the first first things that the Prem Gem thought of. So, you know, maybe that's the thing. As part of her service, does she offer mud flaps? Oh, sure. You know, she's sure. anti mud. She's always trying to just <laughs> limit the amount of mud in your life, right? Or is this less? Um, since it's Stella, and I, that could be two guys. Those are their last names. Oh, Stella and Dennis. Could be that, or yeah. it could be a, a woman, and and maybe instead of a 
instead of actual mud. It's some kind of makeup or something you put in your face for your skin. Oh, yeah. right. It's Stella Dennis's mud that will keep you looking young. Yeah, she's got a shop on Ventura in uh, mm-hmm. in Universal mm-hmm. City. It's uh, all covered in ivy. You got to know where the door is kind of deal. You go back there, <laughs> yeah. she has Pilates and mud. Right next to a Botox joint. Yeah, Stella Dennis's mud. You go there, you get mud treatments. There's special mud that comes from, I don't know, the desert somewhere, a, fa- a family recipe of mud. <laughs> Has Mud Hut been too overused? We can't be Mud Hut? I, I like it a lot. I'm, I'm already in on Mud Hut. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Love it. Yes, that's Because it. Dennis is, doesn't, is, is a messy no. word to say. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have a bit of a hook that we could incorporate into the song. And it's it's almost like it would be the entire staff of Stella Dennis's Mud Hut. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, you know, not too far from a Ghostbusters kind of thing where everybody shouts out, Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> so yeah. she, this is um, uh, Stella. I'm just making up a melody here. Sure. Stella, Stella Dennis Mud Hut. And then everyone goes, say what? <laughs> Something like that. You run with that. I mean, that's just a, I'm just I'm just blue skying here. You guys help me out. This, this, this is how it goes, baby. Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Say what? Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Say what? Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Don't I'll get it again? Whoa, whoa. Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Say what? Say what? <laughs> now, does does Stella Dennis want that kind of rockin' song like the HVAC commercial we just listened to, or does she want something a little lighter and and fun? We got to decide with Stella. Are we gonna go real? Like, is this violins or that kind of you know presentation? Aaron, do you have any violins handy? No, I mean very stringy, very yeah. string sounding. Yeah, like or, a, well, it's a spa, right? So you want yeah. you might even want like the. That, that kind of like ethereal synth going on or something. This is what pros we are. Like, we're going to come up with a jingle. We can't even hear each other. That's because <laughs> I know Aaron's playing guitar, but I can't hear it at all. What about you guys? What about you, George? I can hear a little bit of the guitar. A little yeah. bit of it. Yeah. It's just hard to listen to somebody's creative process. Um, <laughs> also, when you can't hear him while he's having a creative process, it just sounds like I'm having an aneurysm. Let's come up with uh, the lyrics, and then maybe we can apply the melody to it later. Yeah, yeah. In fact, what we should do is just write the lyrics and then hand it over to Aaron Chows and have him come up with a commercial for us. Yeah, have him do it. Okay, so the say what thing, I was just rhyming it with hut. We don't have to use it if we're not if it's not that up-tempo where there's, it's, it's like the whole staff in the, in the lobby. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're even throwing mud at the at the camera or something for the commercial, going "Say what?" <laughs> yeah, because they're talking about uh, 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 mud. It, yeah, and, it, and it's, but it's ultimately it's cleansing. So yeah. like they're saying like what? That's that doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going for. Is who puts mud on their face? Say what? <laughs> you know. So Stella Dennis Mud Hut, uh, the the only name. What's that on your face? (laughs) Something like that. This is just the mud I got at my favorite place. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Stella Dennis Mud Hut. 
Say what? what? <laughs> Parking in the back if it's what you need. <laughs> Uber if you like. Stella's nephew will take you home and it'll be safe. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> he won't put the moves on you, at least not today. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. It's a very catchy, hummable thing. I very much like that there's this sort of recurring things that might get progressively stranger. It starts with like, you know, you say you've had, uh, you know, a rough time and you just need a spa day, want, need to take care of you. So that's like the first line. But there's nothing available for that, is there? Say what? And then and then the next line is, I'm going to head on down to Stella's. Uh, I hear they got the da-da-da-da-da. Uh, but it's probably not going to be priced uh, right for me. Say what? And then they address that. You know what I mean? So like oh, each- yeah. You're solving all the problems. Yeah, so your, they say, your, say, what? No, that's not true. Like, uh, Ventura Boulevard's busy. I won't be able to park. Da-da-da-da. Say what? <laughs> Gary will drive you home. That 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 kind of thing. Or we pay for your Uber or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll add it to your next bill, you best believe. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, too, that maybe people are afraid of it, okay? But you don't have to be a health nut to go to the mud hut. There, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so it's even, the, even like uh, the, the, the football-loving guy in your life. Yeah, he can come by. Yeah. Doesn't matter if, you gotta, if you're clean cut, got a big butt, <laughs> you don't have to be a health nut <laughs> to come to the mud hut. You know, something like where it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mud's for everybody. Because there'd, there'd be a fear for me if I was... Um, you know that that was that, that was too it was too hippie-ish. I don't want to get in the mud. Who does that? Yeah, say what? Yeah. Say, what? say what? Yeah, like you said, oh, I don't want to take a bunch of time. Like those couples massages are sort of weird. You have to you're forced. It takes an hour, and it gets you start getting antsy. No, no, no. Stella Dennis Mud Hut. <laughs> you're in and out in ten minutes flat. No prob. <laughs> and guess what? Mud spelled backwards is dumb. Yeah, you'd be dumb <laughs> to not go to the mud hut. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was thinking like the makeup that you have to order from France or something, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive, exotic thing, but something about, this is just dirt and water. And some of you say, Oh, look, I know that there's a place like this out in San Gabriel Valley. That's like, they bring the mud from Bali or some shit, but like these guys, what, from what I understand, this comes out of uh Reseda and, and it's better. Yeah. This is like runoff from from the recent rains we had. This is just we just, you know. <laughs> Can our first lyric be "Rich Reseda Mud"? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like name check some odd people in it. Like they did it too. Like and it'll be like George Clooney say what or like some you know some some off celebrity rather than him. You know like uh, Andy Dick. Or that will like like the Ghostbusters video. Maybe that's your say what moment where. The celebrities are saying, say what? And they're, they're going to have to be celebrities you can afford to get, like former Los Angeles Rams or something. But not not the current Los Angeles Rams, the ones from like the early 90s. Jack Youngblood. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're getting a Fred Dreyer, you know, yeah. maybe a Roman Gabriel, a Harold Jackson, you know, a Dave Elmendorf. You know, I don't know. <laughs> is is uh, former newscaster Roger Mudd still with us? Because he'd be perfect. Yeah, he'd be perfect. Roger do you Mudd. remember, uh, first of all, do you remember Stan Chambers? Of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. Channel five, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One time I was at Damon's house uh, in high school and it was horrific stormy rain. And they sent, 
Stan Chambers, like as if we don't know what like a storm looks like. So they had to send poor Stan Chambers, fucking old, out into the Angeles Crest, which for people who aren't in the West Coast, it's, it's like a mountain range right near Los Angeles. So they sent him up, way up into the Angeles Crest, and he's standing on the side of the road, and poor Stan Chambers wearing a slicker, and the rain's coming sideways. And was it Hal? Hal Fishman? Hal Fishman. Hal Fishman. Yeah. Yeah, Hal yeah. Fishman. Asked him, um, he goes, so what is the consistency of the ground, Stan? And he goes, well, it's mostly mud. It's mostly running mud. Is there any chance that you could get the camera down there or maybe grab some? And so Stan, Stan disappears out of the frame, and then he comes back up with a handful of mud. You mean like this? That's great, you mean Stan. fucking like this, Hal? Yeah. Just rubs it all over the lens. Can you see it now, you fucking- How's KTLA Studios, fuckhole? Yeah, nice and warm in there, aren't you? Hell, it's great journalism. <laughs> Local Emmy. <laughs> so I, I like that. I mean, I think that there's some some great material there. Like, I guess we're putting it all on on uh, Aaron Shaw's narrow shoulders to come up and to take our genius notions and then put it. I mean, who knows when you might hear a spot like this? You know, you might hear it on a podcast that you like. You might hear it on local news. Or like George, if you call Stella's and get put on hold because she's so busy. Do they do anything else there at Stella Dennis's Mud Hut? Like, is it just the mud treatment? I think it's just the mud. Can you take any mud home, like a home applique? Or do you need to oh, come yeah. to her? Oh, there's jars of mud. You can get, like, the kind that you, you know, you buckle at the top, like, um, you know, like a mason jar. And since it comes from Reseda, sometimes it'll be, like, uh, quote-unquote, clean mud. Other times you might find, like, a puzzle piece in there. <laughs> An old shoe. But it's important that you just roll with it. Also, of course, like any spa, there's there's cucumber water, but with guaranteed no mud in the cucumber water. <laughs> of course. There's no That's mud the in Stella there. Dennis promise. <laughs> That's the Stella Dennis promise. <laughs> <laughs> now, should we finalize the lyrics here or should we do it off air and then like present it to Aaron Shows and have him just do a do a the Stella Dennis Mud Hut hold music jingle? Yeah, because I think that you can take listening to our our jam session of throwing things out and then yeah. just transcribe that and then find a song in the melody. I like I kind of like the so say what? But we as as the premise generator, you know, sort of heroes that we are, are, are we going for up tempo rock like the HVAC guy? I kind of like though the like what's awesome about the the thing that George found is that it keeps you involved and it doesn't keep like you know you're invested in the song so like a little pep in it is probably a good idea a hummable song rather than yeah, like I like that better than the, than the than the slow spa put you to sleep this isn't what's going on in in the mud hut this is to get people in the mud hut <laughs> and you got to be excited about it yeah because they want you doing your adver- their advertising for them out in the world out on Ventura Boulevard after you done that boy you fucking look terrific i just went to the mud hut look we we may have just solved the problem maybe stella dennis mud hut is like the anti spa it's like the rock and roll mud hut right oh mm-hmm. right yeah it's like the rainbow of mud huts <laughs> and hey so when you go to the rainbow it, it, it rains first which makes mud <laughs> something there something there and something there yeah and you don't have to be a health nut to come to the to come to the mud hut but you'd have to be a dumb butt to not come that's right <laughs> donut you know <laughs> <laughs> but you say you've been caught in a big rut come on down to the mud hut yeah we'll peel that skin right off your fucking face what's in this mud hey what's in this mud don't worry about it (laughs) 
Who's the mud specialist here? Rich Reseda mud. <laughs> Is it supposed to burn like this? <laughs> yeah, the other Stella Dennis promise is 30% less acid in the mud treatment for your face. <laughs> Rich Reseda mud. Mmm, mm, muddy. <laughs> Why'd you book at a yummy sound next to the mud? I was like, you haven't come to the mud hut. All right. Well, look. This is this. What, what do you think, George? I mean, are we getting close to what you were looking? I think for? We're, I, we're getting close to it. I would. I would love we come up with at least with the chorus to give to Aaron. I think if we have one verse, and then we have a chorus with the "Say What." And I like the I like the celebrities, just like in the Ghostbusters video when they were saying Ghostbusters, and it was celebrities, and yeah. that's the "Say What" part. Okay. So I like our. So what's our melody or a basic melody for the chorus? Stella Dennis's Mud Hut, say what? How are we going to, what's the basic melody well, for that? Well, if you're doing the verse in the neighborhood of like a mellow version of that or a peppy version of that, you go, so Stella Dennis Mud Hut. <laughs> Sounds like he's an arena rock act now. <laughs> right. No, I kind of like it. I keep, I like that. I keep going. He was like the guy from Power Source who came in at the end of the song. <laughs> Maybe one more thing there. We Stella Dennis Mutt Hut. Don't you eat a donut? Say what? <laughs> <laughs> I like the health nut. I, I think that's the because it's yeah. you're yeah, convincing people. Mud Hut. You don't need to be no health nut. The answer is clear cut. Say what? Yeah. yeah. And then just re- and then maybe you repeat that with a different second line. One of the other gems that we've already given Aaron to create. I mean, I think I mean really it's more of a it's more of a uh, a co-write here that we're doing now. It's all of us and Aaron as well. Do you guys feel like we could somehow incorporate you don't have to be as rich as King Tut? <laughs> yes, I like it a lot. Okay. And you could even have someone in one of those Egyptian death masks like doing the Walk like an Egyptian thing. That that would be another thing that you know, some one of the staff could do in the background. Yeah, the, the wackier and dumber, the better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oftentimes, they used somebody could like come in with some very dry facts. Oftentimes, they used mud in the embalming process, though. So, like, there is a similarity to what we do. Yeah, we promise you won't die, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the other cell, Dennis. To be able to breathe, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be able to breathe ninety five percent of the time. At least one nostril will be left open. When the Put mud a is straw applied. in your nose as the mud cakes on your face and you start to freak. <laughs> <laughs> How about some cucumber water? <laughs> and it's like, and when they go say what, it's a guy looking through the the round massage chair hole that he puts his head in. So it's coming up from below. Say what? He's coming from below. Say, say what? what? <laughs> when they're talking about the different things they're going to do to you, he's like, what the fuck? All you right. can also get a haircut at the Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Keep your stupid mouth shut so you don't get mud inside. You're a cunt. <laughs> cunt. Well, I don't know about. We haven't dropped the C in a long time. I'm glad it wasn't me for once. I love the King Tut part, and I love that it comes from Rich Reseda mud. Yeah, yeah. Rich Reseda mud. It's artisanal. Yeah. You know, look, it's California. There's fires. You know, there's earthquakes, and there's mudslides. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's the way God wanted it. 
Yeah. That's the way, that's yeah, the natural. Yeah, blues. Exactly. Yeah. That's the natural cycle of this area. And it produces some of the richest mud in the world. <laughs> people come that cycle, from that cycle. all over the county to get this mud. Yeah, people came from as far away as Pacoima to get some yeah, of that to, richest to get that. mud. Yeah, from tens of miles away, they will come. <laughs> I love it. Okay, cool. Well, then I'm going to send this entire brainstorming session over to Aaron Shows right now, and we'll see how quickly he's able to you know, turn this around and, and get us a final product. Because we got to go to air, I think, what, tomorrow? Yep. Yeah, yeah, so let's see if he can crunch this together. And, uh, you know, I, I trust him. He's he's done nothing but great work for us. So I'm pretty oh. sure we're going to, you know, we're looking good. But I'm hitting send right now, and off it goes, and let's see how he does. Right, yeah. and also I like the idea just from the, you know, being a huge Mad Men fan that, you know, we come up with all this drunken stuff and then go, hey, we're going to go to lunch and drink some more. Handle it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. you send it to the music department. Yeah. They don't have to worry about the ideas. We do that. Yeah, no, we came up with all that, and we got to meet with Stella. We got to take her out. We came up with a general melody. We're doing Aaron's work for him, truly, <laughs> except for the part of his work. Yeah, <laughs> we gave him so much. I think he's going to owe us money at the end. It's true. It's true. We're giving him opportunity too. The opportunity yeah. of this. Think of the people that'll see it. Upwards of a hundred people. <laughs> but I really would not shy away from the um steve martin um bow now now bow now 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 bow now now the, the king tut melody yeah because i sure think that's that a, a public domain public domain yeah i get the rock in there and you can get sort of the ancient feeling of the earth of mud and we all came from the mud why shouldn't we go back right yeah read the bible yeah read the bible <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fantastic job, guys. We Let's go it. get some martinis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. That was uh, extensive, and I, I'm so like relieved at this point. I think I'm going to go get a, a mud facial at Stella Dennis's Mud Hut to celebrate. Yeah, you look 20 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> You'll look three weeks younger. That's the, also part of the Stella Dennis promise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat some of the mud and have it heal my ribs. <laughs> there you go. There's no limit to what you can do with it. Is it edible? It is not edible. Yeah, no. What? I mean, yeah. You can eat it. Yeah. Say what? Say what? <laughs> I love the guy in the massage chair. Huh? <laughs> Say what? <laughs> That's right. I said mud. Say what? <laughs> we did it again, guys. Yeah, we, the Prem Gen has not let us down. And no. we never let the Prem Gen down. We got a great relationship with that guy. Yeah, we too. got a relationship. <laughs> All right. We can close the kibitz corner now. I'm I'm happy. I have my answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, speaking of celebrity spokespeople, maybe we could get this guy in there. What do you think, Mike? I have my answer. I have my answer. Yeah, he was looking for a place to get some some mud work done on his face, and he now has that answer. All right, and uh, and while you guys are throwing me down in the uh, torture chamber, I'm gonna need to go turn some lights on because suddenly it's got very dark in here. And it's kind of sexy, uh -oh. but I need some light though. So go ahead, okay. ro roll the thing, and I'll turn some lights on. Be Sounds right back. Sounds good. Here we go. Torture chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay? I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know, but I'm gonna torture you anyway. Suffering. All right, coming in out of the dark, right, George? It's me. Yeah, I was gonna. I, if I wasn't uh, so, uh, you know, tender 
in the uh, in the rib area, I was going to do a bit where I fell down and I made a bunch of crashing noises <laughs> and told you guys I fell down again. <laughs> oh no! Oh! <laughs> All right, so you know, fun's fun, but it's we got to get down to business here, and that is the torture chamber. And George is in there. Yeah, we're only part-time advertisers. That's right. I guess we need. To, it's time to do the math that uh, the government wants us to do. You know, got an election coming up, so yeah, tallying's important. Counting of votes is important. Counting is important. Yeah, but it's 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 all fixed. It's all rigged. You know, so sure. Obviously, so is the NFL. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing. So let's see. The last episode, it was me in the torture chamber. It was all about love. And George went first with LL Cool J. And Aaron went second with Scott Bayo, Joey's best friend. <laughs> yeah. A lot of venom for Bayo. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it. <laughs> a lot of it. Lot, lot of venom for Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> How quickly the mighty have fallen. At one point, he you know, gracing porn walls, and, and uh, the world was his oyster. Now he can't get an oyster. Not in this time. Uh, co-starring in, in Foxes with Jodie Foster, Academy Award winner. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah? yeah, exactly. Who else do you want in there? Jesus. So I think the math you're saying is I went first. So Aaron's got to go first. Yeah. Is that the correct? I, I'm no mathematician, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm just going by what the government tells me to do, and I'm, it's telling me that Aaron goes first. Here we go. Um, I would say that, man, I've resisted using this song for 69 eps, primarily because it's bullshit. It's just an awful fucking song. Co-primarily because it's like fingernails on a blackboard to me. When I get upset about... The notion of that selfish style of 1970s parent who like, they're trying to be a swinger, but then also be labored with a child where they like leave the kid in the car. So they go to the Regal Beagle and uh, get a handy or some shit, you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> like I, I put this voice on that behavior. And now is that fair to this gal? No, but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong. <laughs> so let's play it. And we'll, we've got tons to chat about. All right. it sounds like she's a friend of Mac Davis. Yeah, yeah, she's the lady Mac Davis. And, you know, hey, listen, we've talked before, like, with uh, fucking Geraldo's interaction. Chicks are coxmen too, baby. Oh, in the 70s. Even Steven, you know? Even oh, Steven. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's check it out and see what's going on here. All right, here we go. 1974, you said? Uh, yes. The single came out in February of 1974. Okay, here we go. Ugh. Midnight at the ah! oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. She sounds like she's trying to write a jingle. This doesn't she like she's in the middle <laughs> yeah. of a songwriting process. Like the song never felt fully realized to me. Yeah, you're right about that. That melody, part of the thing that upsets me is that for such a pleasing time, like for what you can say about yacht rock, I think one of the reasons that I disliked yacht rock were some of the like more sort of emotional reasons because I associated with like parents not being satisfied and leaving me. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. When the reality was most of it was like Dan Fogelberg and very pleasant melodies. But in my mind, when I was upset about it, when I was talk shit about what Yacht Rock was, it was this. This is what the image was. It's not pleasant at all. It's got this sort of America style, um, America the band sort of guitar, but it's very zip zap zabbity do <laughs> wannabe Ella Fitzgerald. And there's nothing worse than white chick verging on scat scat scatter that that yeah. there's almost nothing worse than that and that's what it sounds like this is 
Midnight at the Oasis. And this is uh, Maria Moldauer. Moldauer, that's right. I want to say Maldinar, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, kind of a one-hitter. She came out of the American folk music revival in the early 60s. And from what I can see, she sounds like an asset to her community and a, and a nice person. She just fucking got a hold of this number. And this was a fucking massive song. I reached number six on the Billboard 100 in 1974. Like I say, it came out of February that year. 1974 sort of widely regarded as a shit year for music. There's some positives in there too, but let's listen to it. And let's, hear, let's try to hear what she's breaking down. Yeah, because there's a lyrical angle you're going with, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very curious to delve into this because this one, for me, borders on, it's not quite the punchline feelings is, but it's right up there. Yeah, yeah. Like, when you're doing a shitty lounge singer, you know, in the back of a scene or as you're coming into a bar... It's either feelings or this or, you know, tiny bubbles like error. Yeah, it's a punchline. It's one of the punchlines, the corny ass fucking song. And there's the brilliant bit in Waiting for Guffman, mm-hmm. which is, is what they audition with. Yeah, yeah. Fred and uh, and from, you know, SCTV, um, you're the right. couple. O'Hara. O'Hara, yeah. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. They audition with this and they do dialogue in between it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember, she starts singing. He goes, "What are you doing here?" Well, I don't know. What do you? They do what they do a whole bit in between. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking ponderous and excruciating. And like the the idea is that the singer has an intention, and they're proposing the idea of an Arabian themed desert love affair. <laughs> <laughs> and like, well, why the fuck would you arrive at that? Like, what was cool about that? And why would people in Reseda care about that. Like, I guess it's like, well, it's not dopey swinging behavior if we're, if it's exotic, if it's an exotic locale, right. <laughs> who knows? Like it's not Marina del Rey. It's the Arabian Peninsula. We've gone um, from mud to sand here, guys. <laughs> exactly. One of the things that I find very funny about it, and we'll talk about the songwriter is that in like the chorus portion, she repeatedly says, she didn't write this, but she repeatedly says, come on, Cactus is our friend. Now, Cactus is from the New World, and you wouldn't you find, find that in Cactus Arabia, in, in the Arabian Peninsula yeah, yeah. anywhere. Any possibility she was she was holding a two liter bottle of Cactus Cooler at that point, <laughs> chugging away. <laughs> Cactus will light the way. <laughs> Shit! All right, here we go. Send your camel to bed. Shadows painting our faces, traces of romance in our heads. She's kind of half talking too, which I, yeah. I think doesn't really count. You know, it never occurred to me until just now. I, I think that Edie Burkell probably has a lot of Maria Moldauer records. <laughs> yeah. I bet she, you're right. What I am is what, right, yeah. It sounds like this. Did she Yikes. say, send your camel to bed? <laughs> was that yeah. the second line yeah. yeah that's the you're right george that's the second line of the song <laughs> how does that a pop song midnight at the Oasis. It sounds racist send your camel to bed is that what she just yeah. she said yeah and she does that i don't like the style of delivery uh where she, shadows painting our faces and then she starts the next line rhyming that traces it's very <laughs> annoying Again, if you were perhaps Ella Fitzgerald, or perhaps this was another song, or perhaps you had chosen a melody as opposed to this, what sounds like just somebody yammering. It sounds like somebody's yammering a song idea into like a dictaphone. 
<laughs> and, and, and I'd also like you to picture that the studio that they're in, we've talked about this before, but the studio that we're in, you know how typically like the knobs on the board in the studio are made of plastic or like, I don't know, enamel or something. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's all turquoise. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all yeah. turquoise, custom kitted out, and she's wearing like so many beads that you can't really see her. There's a lot of there's <laughs> a lot of turquoise and jade, um, gold and silver all mixed yeah. together. It's a yeah, lot. She of went jewelry. to Bali to get her head together almost once a year, and then she goes to New Mexico to paint. <laughs> she's like in a pyramid of necklaces, so only her head is poking out the top. <laughs> She zips up, zippity doo. Man, that style of singing is terrible. Fuck. And I don't know where that comes from because it doesn't sound like the American folk scene to me. So it's like this other, it's this jazzbo thing. The jazzbo chords suggest that this might be the way, but they're lying to you, Maria. They've lied to you. America never sang songs like that. America's beautiful melodies. It's sort of like you said, uh, Edie Brickell earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'm also getting like, because I believe, I don't know, maybe they're contemporaries, but but Ricky Lee Jones kind of yeah, was doing this too. Exactly. But both Edie and Ricky, they ended up with good songs to go along with this style of singing, right? Right, right. So it's almost like that Yoko Ono B-52s mm-hmm. inspiration. Like Yoko and John were just so proud of themselves that at one point the B-52s girl said, yeah, we loved listening to Yoko and her, you know, her vocal affectations and stuff. Not realizing, like, they didn't, they weren't into her music. They just liked the kind of novelty of doing those kind of things with her voices and then putting him to good songs like Rock Lobster. Right, right. So it's great melodies. And there's none of that here. Yeah. So Ricky Lee and, and Edie probably went, Oh, like, I, I kind of like that laid back style of singing she's doing. I'm going to try that myself, but with better songs. There's a million guys that have fucked up like this, too. Um, we'll get to them. Yeah, they're yeah, out there. Are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is anyone thinking that with, you know, all this talk of, of Edie and um and Ricky Lee Jones, do you think Ryman Simon got a piece of uh, Maria? What do you think? <laughs> Probably. And like, yeah, perfect, yeah. good job, George, yeah. because when Paul fell off a fucking table, he fell into this kind of problem, this sort of talky moving his hands around like he's got castanets in him to take your mind off of the fact that he's got a piece on and then he's no longer writing the greatest melodies of all time, you know? Yeah. Mm, he's yeah. like, you're you're doing too much hoping I don't notice that this is fucking annoying as hell. Cars. Yeah. Car- <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to some more of her of her sensual yes. journey across Arabia. <laughs> Let's go back to the uh, Arabian Peninsula with uh, the cactus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the cactus that's not from there. Moldars are Moldars. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you say you have something removed off of your ear or something, you're like, what is that? I, well, it's from what I understand, it's like a calcium thing, like a Moldar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It happens, uh, that happens if you eat too much ice cream. Yeah, it, it happens. <laughs> I just got it. They just gave me a shot yeah. like just on the yeah. lobe and then yeah. just removed it. And like before I knew it was done. It's, it's a crystal that forms when you have too much dairy and you have a mall tower. <laughs> too much ice cream. It is mud. You get some mud. Do you have a whole place in the valley I could go to get that treatment? <laughs> Actually, it's called, it's called Stella Dennis. And, yeah, uh, the Stella uh, Dennis Mud Hut. It's the only mud From what hut I understand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heard this song's playing when you walk in. Okay, go ahead. We're at 25 seconds on this. Three, sorry. Almost four minutes song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right, come on. Heaven's home. 
Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off with that, dude. Yeah, she's <sighs> she's getting up there where it sounds like you're you're releasing air from a balloon. Kind of squeaking. Yeah. Listen, this is written by a guy. Let's talk about the, the writer here, because it's not her fault. She's just singing it. The uh, writer is a songwriter, pro songwriter. David Nickturn, I believe is how you um, pronounce his name, who apart from this song, uh, received many accolades in his career, including 10 nominations for a Daytime Emmy for Outstanding Achievement in Music Direction and Composition for a Drama Series. So that means soap opera. Yes. And, and uh, this sounds a bit like that. You know, like that kind of, as the world turns, kind of set piece. He, he wrote primarily for One Life to Live and As the World Turns. Um, and he was nominated for Song of the Year of, for this song. And he never won. Now, I will say that David appears to be fighting the good fight from within. Because he's like a student and now teacher of uh, Tibetan Buddhism. Um, so he is mm. part of the solution now, as, as opposed to being together, a, isn't it? yeah, as opposed to being a source of the infection. I also, I, I also <laughs> think that he probably heads on down for a mud treatment too when he's in town, when he's on the coast, oh, he'll head down he to the valley <laughs> and, and, and visit, go to Casa Vega, and then yeah, he, he's bridged friends with Stella for years. Sure, <laughs> let's play some more. Okay, let's slip off to a sail. Boy, Ricky Lee Jones is a great call. It's those two, isn't it? It's yeah. those two. Yeah. And poorly executed from the song perspective. It's this sort of dopey sayings, and she's she's having this fantasy about having this Arabian love affair. But because it's so dopey, all I can see is her having some awful fucking time and realizing, oh, Maria, you shouldn't have been, like, you live in the clouds. You're not in the real world. I'm worried about her now when I think about this because she's got this like romance novel, Harlequin novel <laughs> notion. She gets off the plane in like Morocco and there's like a bunch of, <laughs> she, can't, she can't fucking get through the traffic. She realizes she doesn't know the language. She didn't get the right shots. Like all these terrible things start to happen to her. <laughs> I hope she just gets to the embassy. You know what I mean? Get to the embassy and they'll get you home, honey. <laughs> Yeah, she was picturing Fabio in like an Arab headdress. Exactly. Fucking sad. All right, let's roll this fucking thing. All right, come on. Come on, Cactus is our friend. Oh, that's what she said. Okay. So then she says, he'll point out the way. Now, I'm guessing again that it's a man named Cactus <laughs> that she just met on the street because she can't find Fabio and and she's all confused now. Or she took the cactus that is the American style, like peyote. West, yeah. Yeah, is rocking the mescaline fucking peyote buttons and he'll light the way, baby. <laughs> she would have had a much better time if she just done that. Like, better idea to take drugs in the desert with a couple of jugs of water than to go yeah, to- go to Joshua Tree. It's a, it's yeah. like a quick drive out there. <laughs> You're too good for Joshua Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Who are those four Irish Nimrods standing out there? None of them looking at each other. What's going Taking on? Taking pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's listen to some more of this fucking car crash. Okay. <laughs> It's such a fucking hit. There's no sing-alongable chorus. There isn't one. 
If so, if you ask somebody, what do you remember about the song? They go, Midnight at the Oasis. That's the hook. Right, because that's the whole joke of it. Like, it's this jokey song. You know that one line and that's it. And the joke's over. It's like you're doing a shitty impression of a lounge singer. It's the same kind of thing as feelings. I'm also a little confused. Um, seriously, like, if the the idea of an oasis to me, if you're in the, in the middle of a desert, let's just forget all the fact that she has her geography all wrong with the wrong kind of desert. But let's just say <laughs> in this sort of simplistic version of an Arabian desert, right? The idea of, of the oasis is you get out of the desert and you're in this sort of like a palace or something, right? Or right, at right. least you're away from the elements of a tent next to a tree. A really yeah. Nice yeah it's, it's a tent and it's got like a, a fountain of water in it and stuff. And there's a soft bed to sleep on. Yeah. She's talking about running over to the sand dunes and stuff. Stay in the oasis, dummy. <laughs> She'd be lucky if she gets out that far, David. I mean, again, she's in the traffic jam. She's getting jammed up by 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 hucksters on the side of the road. She just needs to get to the embassy. She needs to like put all this thing to bed and forget about it. Maybe she'll meet a nice fella at the embassy. Yeah. A Marine who's like guarding the door. <laughs> and I bet you the inside of that taxi does not smell great. No, it probably doesn't. She's not got to some... an American sensibility, you know. <laughs> this poor gal uh, but like what it speaks of to me is like when i'm talking about her like making poor decisions and then suffering through the reality of the moment is that that's sort of like the 70s ideal where like you go it should be like x y and z but the reality is is that your old lady kicks you out because you had an affair and now you live in an apartment in fucking panorama city or some shit and you can't see your kid except for in july once you know once in july you know <laughs> i get your sadness and, and she's inside the bar and you're you're sitting in the car playing like you know, that uh, electric football game, you know. That Dude, I'm playing, I'm fucking doing Mad Libs. Yeah, and then, and then the batteries run out and then you're alone. <laughs> Meanwhile, the kid's riding your ass to take him to the water park. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking kid of mine, I'm trying to get some. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> fucking 70s. I mean, is, is, the, is the cactus maybe a phallic symbol? Cactus is our friend, you know what I mean? I mean, cactus is our friend. There's a lot of things about cactuses and camels in here. You can prick yourself with it. Thank you. Uh, maybe I'm reading into it. So there's no cac- There's no sort of cactus type of plant even. You could bring it there. <laughs> it's just not from there. Much like her. Bringing her there where she shouldn't be. <laughs> she should be in our desert. <laughs> All right, come on. Can you imagine the engineer trying to get, like, her dealing with the mic with that style of singing? Like, where do you have her stand? Yeah, he has to stand in the room and, and move it around manually <laughs> to keep up with her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they send it swinging through the room. It just swings. <laughs> and just catches some stuff. And then after, like, three or four takes, you get a whole thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you say, well, what kind of style does she have? It's kind of a Doppler kind of a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Dobler? No, no, Doppler, like ding, 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 it's the same construction of every, you know. It's a fucking mess. I think when, um, what's his name? The guy, who, David? David Nick Turn. He barely had a finished song. I think he, <laughs> there was no melody when he gave it to her. It's just like a set of lyrics and, you know, get a bunch of Steely Dan knockoff guys to, to do the music. And mm-hmm. then she, because 
You can be my chic. Whatever. She, that wasn't even like a melody or anything. It was yeah, just like a, that's that. She was putting a button on, and you could be my chic. Yeah, <laughs> it was like she was just putting a button on the moment. Apparently, this song sounds just like what you're describing, Damon. Where it was a late ad, and it was sort of like a whatever. We just were filling out the record. Is that true? Because that's what this feels like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't know when Chucky's in Love came out, but like it was clear that there was a hook in that song, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Even if it was a, a broad talking. It's clear that there was a hook. And with this, you got to have a softball, at least somewhere on the record. And it clearly wasn't this, but this is the one that stood out to America. Weird. Yeah, you know how yeah. songs like Who Let the Dogs Out? They're like so annoying <laughs> that people like them or Macarena <laughs> right, right. or something. I think that's what mm-hmm. this was in that era. You know, it's just no, it's, so aggravating yeah. that people bought it mm-hmm. and they thought they liked it. And this did well, huh? Yeah. And like they say, there is this uh, quote... It is from a reviewer. Matthew Greenwald wrote that the song was, quote, so sensual and evocative that it was probably one of the most replayed records of the era and may be responsible for the most pregnancies from a song during the mid-70s. That's just gross. That's just gross. (laughs) And then I said, I'm curious what hole Matt Greenwald lived in during that time. (laughs) Because it was presumably a hole that was nowhere near Al Green, Barry White. Marvin Gaye, <laughs> Tina Turner, Claudia Lanier, or Mr. Howard Tate. Yeah, actual baby-making music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a dumb hole. <laughs> Who would say that? Nobody goes, hey, that's baby-making music with this. Yeah. Fuck. Wait, let's listen a bit more. And like, you fucking get it. Like, it doesn't yeah. do anything. It's just shitty. No. Yeah. Is this going into a sax solo or something? It's <laughs> the only thing that would make it worse. All right. A little bit more. Yeah! Look at him jam. <laughs> Jam. <laughs> it's the best part of the song right here. Is that the camel playing the guitar? <laughs> no, he went to bed, Damon. <laughs> sorry, I keep forgetting. He went to bed. He's, the, the camel is dreaming of a shitty guitar solo, and that's what this is. <laughs> Big, uh, what, Fender hollow body sound there. <laughs> and it sounds like, again, like they're, they're going direct into the uh, board there, and uh, they're just testing to see if the chord works. Who's that guy who wrote the article, Matt something? Matt Greenwald. Yeah, Matt Greenwald. Camel humps don't count as baby making music. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hump joke. Got it. Hump joke. Ep 70. <laughs> Finally got to it. I got a hump chunk. Hey, Maria, I uh, heard your song about the camels. Uh, you want a hump? <laughs> Is that what you say to her at the bar? Or like, I don't. Uh, she's like, oh, I've heard it all before, you fucking jackrabbit. Leave me alone. I'm not looking for your cactus, pal. Hit the bricks. <laughs> I don't know. Hit the sand dune. Unless your dick is made out of turquoise. I'm not interested. It's sort of interesting because I've just never listened to this whole thing. Like yeah, you, you said, Aaron, you listen to the first like line and that's all you say mm-hmm. because then, then the joke's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just like feelings you know feelings nothing more than and that's all you know and you midnight at the oasis and everyone's laughing at what an asshole you are and <laughs> that's it there isn't i never i didn't really know the rest of these that's why it's an economical joke because you needn't wait for the chorus or anything it's that the first line makes the joke like feelings you're right george yeah it doesn't and there and as i look at the lyrics too they're all kind of um it's just a bunch of desert and, you know, Arabian uh, imagery. But cartoon, like Bugs Bunny cartoon level imagery. Yeah, That's right. a fantasy. A That's fantasy why, I mean, like, who the, how is it fucking sexy at all? 
there's not one line that you go, they're making love. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Not once. So how is this like, is it because it's that 70s kind of Ventura Highway kind of chords? Yeah, the and desert, thinking, the, man, the horse with no name, right? That was the desert song. Yeah, but but, but that's it, not sexy. That's sort of apocalyptic, really, when the lyrics are <laughs> right. those lyrics. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of what's his face, you know, um, our friend Rupert there. Um, yeah, yeah. Rupert Holmes. Getting caught in the rain and making love in the dunes of a cape. Yeah, but he talks right. about making it. He's actually making yeah. it. This, yeah, she never does. I think the, the cactus is a boner and the and the, the camel is a camel toe. I think that's a, 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 a vaginal, a vaginal imagery that's, here. George, that's, that's the only part that makes fucking sense, bro. That's, that's why I'm trying to make sense of this because I've never yeah. been forced to look at this until now. And it's fucking horrible, so thanks. <laughs> um, this was just a minute of, you know, my whole life, this was just a one line joke and now I'm all in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It feels like we've been listening for five minutes and we're only a minute and a half into the song. This is one of those numbers, man, where like, I don't want to be a cop out, nor do I want to, I, I, what more am I going to do with this? That's it. I made my point. Well, we don't want to deprive our listeners of our hilarity as we continue on to the <laughs> yeah, song. Try a little bit more, a little bit more. Little bit I, more. I've never heard the end of this song. Like, what do they do at the end? I, I'm not going to commit to that. No way. Okay, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Fuck the listeners. We, we can skip to it. I don't even get scared. I just, I've never heard the ending of this song. Like, is there another part, or is it just one part through the whole song? Yeah, she repeats the bottom. Uh, after this verse, she repeats the whole first verse again. Send your camel to bed, all that shit. So there's a new chunk. I know your daddy's assaulting a nomad known to all. With 50 girls to attend him, they all send him. Jump on his beck and call. But we don't need any harem, honey, when I'm by your side. You won't need no camel, no, no, when I take you for a ride. So this guy's fucking his camel. The camel's another lady. <laughs> and the camel's the wife, maybe. Because yeah, that yeah. right there, you don't need no camel, because I'll take you for a ride. <laughs> that tells you right there, the camel is, and you're sending it to bed. Send your wife to bed, and the let's poor fuck. Thing. That's what She got is. in an airplane, she got her shots and everything, and she's sitting the bar way too low. Some dude's boning a camel and she's like hey you don't need to do that because i'm here see perfect i'm right camel yeah. is 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 vaginal it sends your wife to bed i'll give you a ride you don't need your camel you need me right. that's what's happening here i'm convinced of it now it says it right here we don't need it's no clear camel. as mud we, it is as clear as mud you don't need no camel when i take you for a ride cactus is our friend boners <laughs> done Done so. <laughs> and I'm meeting you at midnight. That's it. Yeah, midnight at the Oasis. She she says, send your camel to bed like four times in this goddamn thing. And she can't say that enough. That's the <laughs> hook. How many yeah. camels does this guy have? <laughs> as far as songwriting, I feel like there's just one part to the song. There isn't any other pre-chorus or chorus. Or, it's just one thing, right? Yeah, the solo plays over the progression. That we've right. been listening to already. But it's the same one over and over again, right? There's no yeah. parts to this song. Yeah, no other chords were harmed in the writing of, of this <laughs> writing of this song. Opus. Some camels and some cactus, but no chords. Okay. Yeah, it's more of a dopus, if you ask me. <laughs> All right, give me a little more of this. This fucking thing. Okay. All right. All right, we just yeah. said they didn't change. Now he's changing. 
See, I've never heard this. I never knew this was part of the song. That's yeah. her flying home. And she's got like rug burns and her fucking her foot hurts. And she's got like her hair's all crazy. There's like rug playing burns. cards in her in her bra. And she's like, doesn't know anything anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. Her ribs hurt so bad from laughing when you said rug burns. <laughs> oh, fuck. The poor thing. She got tent burns. <laughs> Magic carpet burns. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really just uh, Fabio's uh, uh, Cressida <laughs> in the Casablanca parking garage. I like this. She already has rug burns, and now there's sand in her rug burns from being. <laughs> yeah, dude. She can't win for losing. Sounds like someone needs to stop at Stella Dennis' mud hut on the way home back to the airport. Just get a mud wrap, get straightened out over with Stella. <laughs> Hopefully, she's landing in Burbank. I don't know if they have many like uh, Arabia to Burbank flights. Uh, but if she's landing there, then she could pop right over. No, no, she's coming through Dallas. It's fine. She'll she'll be there. DFW, sure. I'm curious to see what happens after the solo, but uh, here we go. Sounds like they're rewinding the tape back. <laughs> yeah, something, right? I like she's the sort of singer that probably leaves the stage and like gets it, get, like getting it refreshes her margarita. Is talking too loudly at the bar. <laughs> Guarantee they they must have edited the solo out, or at least some of it, because this is going on way too long for a song that would be like the soundtrack to your experience at the dentist. It's, there's too much soloing. It's an opera. <laughs> what are you doing? It's yeah, it's stressing me out. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it, George. She's at the bar right now, Keith. Right, Keith, exactly. I need another margarita, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, not so much grenadine. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, fuck you, Keith. <laughs> Her mic's kind of half on. It, it's, right, exactly. When she walks <laughs> off stage in her like stupid, like, you know, Stevie Nicks gypsy uniform, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> this dress is too long. It's like actually past her feet and oh. dragging on the ground. So enough already. <laughs> Oh, uh, rib 11 just went. Oh, sorry. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh. It's worth it. All right. All right. She's coming back in here. Should we just get one little taste of this? And then yeah. Let, yeah, yeah, let's. Okay. Your dad is a something. A nomad known to all. With 50 girls to attend him. They all sent him. A jump back. Why are we talking about his dad, by the way? <laughs> Nothing makes me stiffer. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, have a dialogue about my father while, yeah. we're, while we're trying to make time. The bro who wouldn't take me to the water park. Thanks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'm done. Yeah, it's fine. It's I fine, mean, right? It's, it's sort of up to George, sort, but Aaron can also check us out. No, no. Like, it's I'm the author of his pain, and I say that this is enough. He's not in charge of that. Yeah. I, uh, this, this is one where, well, I'll save my comments for later. Let, let's move on to whatever else. That was fucking <laughs> horrible. Fucking mess, dude. Oh, wait, you guys hold the phone. Guess what? I just got the email from Aaron Chow's. Whoa, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, it looks like he's done with this jingle we sent over to him. The jingle wow. jangle morning. <laughs> he came following us. That's that, that's quick service. I hope he's not going to want a, a bonus or something for that. Well, that's- says you, George, but like, I, I don't know what's it been 30 minutes. Whatever. Yeah. I, I was it, looking at like 15, 20 tops. He's fucking lagging. He's lagging. Yeah. That's all. Come on, I, mean, dude. I, I would never <laughs> tell him this. 
Uh, so do you guys want to give it a listen or what? Well, yeah, we sure. wave this magic wand. He spent 30 minutes on it. I can spend this time on it. Yeah. I, <laughs> he, he spun gold out of our genius. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. He also sent over lyrics. Oh shit. Wow. With the audio file. Right. So let me, let me send those over to you guys really quick. Did he write them out in, in, uh, in rich calligraphy? Yeah. It's on, it's on like a, on a musical staffs. <laughs> <laughs> Give George the G clef. <laughs> Good boys do fine always. <laughs> so here we go. Here's our jingle, which is going to bring business into our new spa experience. Into Stella's right? mud hut. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna, this is going to get all of them through the door. So here comes the lyrics and the song. Off we go. California has its share of weather. There's a place where everything's better Life gets you down And you're caught in a rut Just mudslide your way Down to your favorite spot <laughs> you feel like your royalty Like King Tut Will do you up formally Clean cut You'll be looking so fine What a stud When you're covered in Reseda's Rich mud Rich Reseda mud Out of Stella Dennis Mud Hut Say what? Doesn't matter if you're skinny Or you gotta be but At the Stella Dennis Mud Hut Say what? Don't have to be a health nut Stella Stella Dennis Mud Hut Stella Stella Dennis Mud Hut Mud of retired Los Angeles Rams, Stan Chambers, and Roger Mud. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Harold Faltermeyer song. That is absolutely the rich receipt of mud part. It's just the that is just fantastic. Uh, oh my god, that is legitimately catchy. That is legitimately. <laughs> I feel like he kind of used our melodies a little bit. I improved them for sure. 
Oh my God, that was Yeah, I don't great. even remember anymore. It was 30 minutes ago. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was just hitting the head with this uh, with this Mozart uh, ass jam. <laughs> I can't think about what we did before. That was incredible. The, the, Very in- good. Very the intro, good. the one thing I know about Aaron Shows is that he's a big Billy Joel fan. So I felt like the intro was kind of like uh uh the the new york state of mind intro right you know right, it's kind of yes, slow yes, and and yeah, and uh yeah. aaron says here in his email that he um he thought it was more white snake which i also see but uh you can't take the billy joel out of the boy here <laughs> get that boy a bj <laughs> I, I was thinking of the um the open almost sounds like um i love la right yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like that. There's something, right? How, how does that start? That starts like with. It's cold and it's damn. And you, right, yeah, all right, the people yeah. dress like monkeys. <laughs> right. right. Uh, please, I go to the Eskimo. It's right. And then it goes up tempo, right? Yeah. Dang, on flank. Now, <laughs> what did you just say the up tempo part sounded like? He said Harold Faltermeyer. Harold Faltermeyer. Yeah. You know what I was reminded of? I couldn't put my finger on it at first. It's, uh, all right, think we're going to make it. You know, yeah, the Christopher Cross song. That's Christopher yeah, Cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all those songs from that time. It's the uh, Fletcher's working overtime. It's one of the in, one of the interstitial songs. It or I think it's Pointer Sisters and Fletch. One of the bit by bit, one way or another. another right. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic job he did in such a short amount of time. I yeah. I love I love Rich Receipt Mud. I love the build up and the orchestra. What's nice too is that he found all those crazy eighties uh vintage sounds in thirty minutes and recorded it. He did. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah. Well done, Aaron. You get uh, a raise from nothing to a pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Extraordinary. Well done, buddy. My favorite lyric in the, there's I like all of them, but my favorite lyric is no doubt is um your face will shine with a brand new gloss because dirt and water is our secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> I see that and I wish that I had written that. I know in some ways I did, but I didn't write that rhyme. <laughs> and Gloss and sauce. I just, I love that. And then you can show your friends who's boss. Who's boss? Because it's rich, recede mud. The other directive he said in this email, uh, he said, I changed the the chorus lyrics, the, the last chorus lyrics slightly from the other two. And I yes. was listening for it because I, I knew to listen for it. Did you guys catch what he said? Yeah, he said, you can take, if you take it in the front or the butt, or what <laughs> yeah. you say? Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of you don't don't have a big butt, right? That right, right. Say. If you take it in the, it doesn't matter if you like it in the front or the or the butt or the butt in the front. The front. <laughs> I can see the legitimately being a commercial for it, and the last part. Uh, so have a few sets sips of our cucumber water, and then there's no mud in that water. It's, it seems like a, that was a very much an Aaron Britt idea right there. That was an Aaron Britt move to add that. There's no mud in that water. <laughs> and, and yet uh, that was Damon's idea from the jam was session. It? Was yeah. it? I thought mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. I yeah. I was. think we kept returning to the, uh, the Stella Dennis promise and we right. had like four of them. And I think that was one of them. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, Aaron's was the Stella Dennis promise. You'll look three weeks younger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a guarantee. <laughs> I, I think if you put this on TV, I think people would flock down to the mud hut. It, now all we have to do is start the business. Yeah, right. If we get a spot right across the street from the Great Greek down there by Coldwater, I think mm-hmm. we're fine. 
you know what <laughs> yeah this 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 pod is is quickly becoming a uh, uh an incubator for for great business ideas yeah this is really this was really a, a fun premise generator this really turned out well <laughs> yeah the prem gen wants in for a slice uh you know. we're splitting this five ways now it's like the three of us aaron shows now the prem gen wants in jeez it's hard right. to negotiate with a robot it is it just <laughs> All right, George. Well, nice way to try to avoid getting in the torture chamber, but I think we have to head back down there now. Yes, fine. Throw me down in the fucking... Yeah. Take me out of the mud to throw me back into the torture. Fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Aaron Chows. Beautiful job. Beautiful well done, job. buddy. Yeah, man. All right. Back down you go, George. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of cultural appropriation, I've got one for you. And it comes from a department that I'm just sort of making up on the spot here. From the... I know you're supposed to feel hungry an hour after you listen to this song, but should I be puking too? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So um, let's just get this one going, and then I'll tell you a little bit about it. I might send you guys some lyrics so we can have some fun with it. Uh, The year is 2013. The same way that 74 seems to be this kind of like ground zero for shitty music. 2013, I feel like we've been at least a couple. I know... Uh, Accidental Racist was from then, and then I think there's at least one more. And by the way, now here's another one. (laughs) Okay, 13. Unlucky 13. (laughs) You're on notice, 2013. Here we go. Is this yes. Saturday? Oh, shit. This is the fucking follow-up. The follow-up. This, this is, is her follow-up, isn't it? This is a song. I'm just going to tell you what it is. By a singer named Allison Gold. Oh, okay. The same producer, Patrice Wilson, who we'll talk about later. He's the fucking Friday guy, right? It's a Friday guy. Yeah, the Rebecca Black yeah. Friday guy. And uh, this is, the like the as you George said, the follow-up. Not Rebecca's, obviously, but Patrice's big hit follow-up. And the song is called Chinese Food. Whoa. Yes, I've heard this. Yeah. <laughs> I considered it even. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the lyrics so far, as you guys can see, and I'll just say for the listeners, after balling, I go clubbing. Balling? Jesus. Balling, I'm, I want to believe that this preteen girl is talking about playing you know, basketball or volleyball or something and not what I think <laughs> it could be. And then she goes clubbing again. I'm assuming like a teenage club or something. Then I'm hugging. Then I'm hungry and I'm walking on the street and I'm getting, 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 getting grumpy, grumpy. Because, you know, I guess she's hungry. So that's the first verse of the song, Chinese food. All right. Wow. Okay. Is it meant? So it's the same trouble I had with Friday. This is I a think. children's song. Okay. Yeah. It's meant, there's zero irony. She means everything exactly the way it comes uh, out. Yes. There's yeah. no irony in it. It's not double entendre. It's not anything. It's just that she's, it's a series of facts. It's her version of a David Byrne style of writing. Yeah, she didn't write it. Patrice Wilson did. But um, there's a much deeper, more sinister context going on here. Like, if this was like a Disney song, you know, first of all, I don't think a Disney song would be doing this sort of like these obvious, the same way the Maria Moldauer song was just going like sand dunes and cactus and stuff. Like, I don't think 
if this was a normal kids song, they wouldn't be saying all this stuff about like obvious Chinese food references that are almost a little bit offensive, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then starting out the first line is that after I finish bawling. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's a darker, you know, menace to this guy, Patrice Wilson, that we touched on a bit in the Rebecca Black song. Right. But then I, I looked into him more and it's just, the whole thing is just weird. So in other words... A kid's song I wouldn't be doing. It's the larger sort of context. But by the way, the right. song still sucks. So <laughs> <laughs> It sucks independently of our anxiety about it. Yeah. And and it was a hit. I mean, a, a honest to God hit. So, Is that um, right? That also qualifies it. So here we With go. With whom was it a hit? I'll get into that. And I'm watching the video just because I think it's relevant as part of this whole Patrice Wilson package that he would do for these kids, as we know from the Rebecca Black video. Mm-hmm. This girl, by the way, Allison Gold, um, I'm going to read you some excerpts from an interview she did around this time when the song came out, and I guess she was promoting it. Um, and she's 11, okay? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> And she's, Is she an asshole that paid $2,000 or whatever, like her parents and Rebecca Black and all that? Yeah, for sure. There's there's a whole okay. network of those kids out there. Okay. Um, she just popped into this Chinese restaurant, and then the girl behind the, the counter is, is Asian, obviously. Obviously meaning, like, what else would she be in this stupid video, you know? Right. And uh, it's just this this little bubbly blonde girl who's 11 is ordering Chinese food from this Asian girl. The whole thing is just bizarre. <laughs> There's a part of you that can say, what, what do you mean it's racist? It feels bad. It yeah. feels racist. Like, I don't know. Like, it can just be zero irony. And she's just like, I love Chinese. Fuck. I love it. Yeah. It's this very id conversation. Bare naked ladies talking about the Chinese chicken and stuff. Like, right. that's just, I love that that particular food. Not... It's right. just it's just bizarre. There's more Chinese stuff, and by the way, there's more Asian stuff later that we're going to get to. In the beginning, what was all? What was that language that was going on? What was all that? That was a, a, a Chinese cook in front of one of those like uh, barbecue, the Mongolian barbecue. The yeah, well, all your clothes just smell like it when you leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they flip a shrimp into your hat. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so she said, "I see chow." By my right, it, Chow is Chow a restaurant or a person? I don't know. That's what the lyrics say on the on the video on the official video. So, is there a restaurant called Chow? I don't know. There's Mister Chow's, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see Chow's capitalized in the lyrics here, so I thought it was a yeah. person or a place. Yeah. If she just sees Chow, maybe that's just like a restaurant, like a place where you can get. I see Chow. chow. So some Chow. Yeah. The yeah, chow so, line. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Why is she 11 talking about the chow line? That's not <laughs> correct verbiage for them. Okay. So so now here's the chorus. Let's go back to this. I love Chinese food. You know that it's true. Okay. Yeah. All right. How do I know that it's true? She's making a lot of assumptions yeah, that's a, about that's me. That's a weird line, but here we go. <laughs> Yep, they repeat Christ. the chorus twice. Yeah, chow ma 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 main. All right. How do we both pick like a kind of somehow racist songs that where, where that probably wasn't the attempt, but that's the only way you can hear it? <laughs> Patrice was pretty good at these sort of like race baity songs. 
Mm-hmm. Like there was one, the, one of the videos I watched was of this, this actual Asian girl. And I don't know if the song itself had anything to do with being Asian, but at one point, and by the way, I'm not sure if she's Chinese either, but he had her in traditional Chinese garb as if she's standing on top of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> God damn. And I don't think the song was about China. <laughs> so he would just do this shit, you know, with all Jesus. his little girl singers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody's checking checking his whereabouts and he's on the list or something. It's in a watch list or registry. <laughs> he has to check in when he moves into your neighborhood. Got an ankle bracelet on right now. <laughs> and it's really aggravating that they repeat this chorus twice, but here we go. I know we've been saying this a lot, but this is like AI wrote this song, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's they're not rhyming anything or Yeah, just you just, just just say I want a song where I'm happy that I'm going to a Chinese restaurant. Go. Yeah, if this was coming out now, that's what would that would be. It would be Yeah, that, 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 that is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Marry a rhyme. The whole thing is ridiculous. Um, but it, at this point in the video, she opens the fortune cookie and it says, you will find a new friend. And she looks over her shoulder and there's a giant panda bear, a guy in a panda suit. And he he opens his fortune cookie and it says, you will find a new friend too. And then the next scene is them kind of romping around in a field together, which is kind of creepy as well. Maybe she got a hold of that mescaline and she's seeing Mr. Cactus and just having a freak out. <laughs> All right. Okay, so they're sort of rolling around in, in this park. Allison and the panda man. Her and the bear, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And spoiler alert, guess who's going to come out of the panda suit and start rapping? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's Patrice, of course. Jesus. All right, he always has to appear like he rapped in Rebecca's song too, yep, right? Exactly. And yeah. so now he's he's in the panda suit, he removed the head and uh he's with Allison and her girlfriends and they're playing Monopoly at someone's house. And okay. he's an adult, correct? Yeah, he's he too is, old to be anywhere near he, them them gals. He's a fully grown adult. <laughs> In a panda suit. And apparently a, uh, a fuzzy, or what do you call him? A... <laughs> Furby. Furby. Sorry, yeah. Furby. Furry? Furby? Furry, yeah, furry, right. furry, furry. Yeah, right, yeah. Furry. Yeah. They are in a bedroom, it looks like, too, by the way. Oh, of course. Where do you play Monopoly and eat Chinese food? Is that a man in there? <laughs> in no, suit. it's a panda. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that Amanda? 
Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. And so he says his rap is as bad as her lyrics, you know, at this point. Uh, maybe worse. So let's hear the rest of it. Yeah. Why is it? Do you put sweet and sour and it makes it sweet? Aren't you leaving out something there? <laughs> like the sour part? <laughs> it's the weirdest lyric. <laughs> so you make it. Th- you make a thing like this because it's got an earworm quality. And there is another side to him where, like the crazy like a fox side, where it's so annoying that it will just be shared a ton. So you just make it like, it can't be too stupid, it can't be too crazy, it can't be too nonsensical. You are hitting the nail on the head. There's a video I found, and there's actually, you know, you find this song mentioned on Reddit or wherever, the comments under the videos and stuff. It's everyone coming to sort of that sort of same conclusion. It took everyone about 10 years to get there. But this guy, one guy in particular, I think he's Irish, he he goes by the name Adi Otter. O-T-T-I-E and then Otter the Animal on uh-huh. YouTube. As far as I know, he's not dressed up like an otter. <laughs> he's actually very critical of Patrice. And he does a 20-minute video that I watched called A Timeline of Patrice Wilson's Predatory Behavior on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. And there's a lot to get into. It's it's worth watching just because he makes some really great points. And he, and he does give you the timeline of, of his, his entire history. And then when he started meeting up with these families of little girls and then putting them all in the video but the one quote i took away that kind of sums up the entire video and what aaron just said is i think it's become quite clear at this point that patrice thinks he can make way more money in hater views for bad music videos than actually attempting to make anything respectable so at this point he's just deliberately making bad videos and pulling the wool over the eyes of, of 11 year olds. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause they, yeah. Oh, you're the guy who made the Rebecca black video and the parents don't know. They, they, they think this is just like a Disney song or something. But the part that makes me so fucking mad is that he knows he's doing it. Okay, fine. But then the kids have to deal with the fallout of all the hate and, you know, the shutting right. down their social media accounts and death threats and all the shit that comes in. Mm-hmm. And he just walks away with all the money, you know? That's the parents, though, who should never be in bed with this in man. In the first place, yeah. But, you know, that you know how that goes. The, the show parents, they don't see any of that. Right. But, like, it's the consequence that the kid has to deal with. Uh, and not all of them are going to be like, hey, what are you going to do? We had fun. And, that, like, you won't ever have that kind of water off a duck's back. Doesn't bother me. Yeah, they're kids. Yeah. They have to go to junior high and get goofed on by kids right in their face. Mm-hmm. You know? And it will never go away. It's not like you can move to a new town and it's all good because they don't fucking know you when you have dumb hair. You know? Yeah. This song is always out there. And Patrice is, is laughing all the way to the bank to uh, deposit his money and then maybe stop by for some orange chicken at Wang's after. Well, he even mentions uh, Pan Express in the... <laughs> In the song. Like, he does a, a product placement in the fucking oh, song. Oh, here at the end. Yeah, I see. Okay. In fact, speaking of him laughing all the way to the bank, I'm sending you guys a picture right now where I st- happen to stop the video of him in the panda suit. Oh, yeah, he's wow. just like, I don't That's, care. I'm a hustler. Yeah, I'm doing that my is, thing. That is just a, that is a predator photo right there. <laughs> uh, and by the way, according to the, the Irish guy's video, one thing that Patrice hated, which I'm going to continue to... Uh, perpetuate because he does hate it. Uh, his nickname became the Fat Usher. 
<laughs> so uh, there you go. Let's keep adding fuel to that fire because he doesn't like it. But um, anyway, so I mean, it just kind of carries on. He's let's see what else happens here. We only got a few minutes left, or a few seconds, right? It's a little bit less than a minute, and I think she's just going to go out. But there's a little part in the video that's worth mentioning. Um, I think right. it's coming up right here. Here we go. Okay. Because Chinese food takes away my stress. Now I'm going to go and eat Panda Express. Okay, now we're back in the in the Chinese restaurant at this part of the video. And he's got the panda hat back on and he's dancing around in the background. And all these girls are with Allison dancing and they're dressed up like geisha girls, which, correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. check my math on this. Aren't those Japanese? Yeah. Yes, I believe they are. <laughs> so he doesn't give a shit. He, you know, they're just like, oh, Asian thing. Okay. And they all, and the little girls have white makeup on like geisha girls and they have little fans and those, and the yeah. dresses and everything. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Learn your geography, Damon. Uh, Japan is in China. Okay. <laughs> come, on, let's, come on everyone knows this korea's in china vietnam sort of like china. arabia is clearly in new mexico <laughs> yeah there's a lot of mixed up geography in these songs too <laughs> Jesus. so yeah i think that's all i needed to get to with this one because she just goes out singing about chinese food the song made it to number 29 on the billboard charts and number five on the billboard streaming songs chart in 2013 and the only other thing I thought was funny was at one point, this woman from Bon Appetit <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> magazine was assigned. Hey, who's reviewing the record? Uh, bon Appetit's coming out. <laughs> really? The writer from Bon Appetit. I mean, I would rather do the Gail Kelly Christmas puns assignment than what she had to do, which was interview 11-year-old Allison Gold <laughs> about Chinese food. Oh, my God. <laughs> So do you actually like Chinese food? Yeah. She had to do it over Instagram. So it was just little girl replies with no capitalization or anything. And they just left it that way in the the article. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of inane, stupid questions. And and again, it's an 11-year-old girl. I'm not, you know, expecting her to have good responses. But it's the fact that, like, after this writer came back from this thing, they told the editor, yeah, it just didn't work. But they decided to run it anyway. So here's some of my favorite questions and answers from this. Uh, bon Appetit. Do you like rice? If so, what kind of rice is your favorite to order? <laughs> uh, Allison Gold. I love rice. This is all one one sentence with no punctuation or, or capitalization. I love rice. I have white steamed rice and put lots of soy sauce. Happy face. <laughs> uh, bon Appetit. Is there any Chinese food you don't like? Wonton soup. Why don't you like it? There are small little brown things in my soup. I am only 11, so I like simple foods. <laughs> <laughs> Even the kid's like, I'm 11. What, what, I'm, you're wanting me to answer questions? <laughs> okay, so a few more here. Bon Appetit. Does your family usually order takeout or eat in the restaurant? <laughs> Allison Gold. Both. <laughs> bon Appetit. What a pro. Which do you do more often? Now she's just flailing <laughs> For questions at this point, which do you do more often? Takeout, <laughs> and then and then follow up, hard hitting. Yeah, she's not afraid to get to the heart of it. Yeah, and then bon appetit. This is the most ridiculous question in the entire interview. Have you learned about the different kinds of food that come from different areas of China? <laughs> Allison Gold, no. 
<laughs> Woodward, Bernstein, and Appetite. What other food comes from China other than Chinese food is what her answer would be. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's Nigel Tufnell. He answers those questions. He goes, yeah, but my song's about Chinese food. Exactly, exactly. These goes to 11. <laughs> this song's about Chinese food, see? <laughs> So it was, a, it was just a disaster of an interview. I don't know why they even ran it, but I guess it was because this song was so hot at the time. They were just wanted to jump on it, and that's kind of what, quote, journalism is now. So anyway, yeah. um, it's just a depressing song. I, I mean, I don't know how many of these kids. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Patrice Wilson worked with dozens, if not hundreds of kids doing these videos. I mean, we're only talking about the ones that kind of rose to the top, which would be this one. Broke through. Yeah, broke through, and, and Rebecca Black, and there's probably you know two or three more that you could probably point to that were, quote, hits. But how many kids did these, and they were just a disaster, and you know affected their psyche, and their, and just growing up after that, and getting getting goofed on by their kids and stuff in school? I don't know. It's, it's, it just grosses me out that this guy, and parents, as Aaron said, parents kept buying into it, too, you know? Yeah, you can't tell those parents that they, this might be, what if there's a bad side to this? Ah, I'm not fine. Fuck it. <laughs> what? How? What do you mean, fuck it? With all her millions, we'll just get her therapy, you know? <laughs> yeah, all her millions, by the way. How'd that work out? <laughs> she made $4,000 or something. <laughs> <laughs> Same as Rebecca. I- I'm having trouble with the uh, the story here, too. So, first off, you just said she doesn't like wonton soup. She says she likes wonton soup in the song. It's full of lies. I like their egg rolls and their wonton soup. Secondly, so straighten me out on this. She's 11 years old. Why would eating Chinese food be this big fantasy? It's as stupid as saying, well, I'm going to eat some pizza. Like, that's not really <laughs> considered foreign food anymore. This isn't like... It's like Mexican food or, yeah, Italian food or something. Or it's yeah. like, it's American food. I mean, it's not, there's nothing weird about it. And then if, in fact, this is a fantasy of her maybe being an older girl that goes clubbing... You know, and has and balling, fun and, by the way, and balling, oh, and then goes Christ. to get Chinese food. They should say that. Yeah, when I grow up, I want to. Maybe she meant B A W L, like like crying. <laughs> like I think eleven year olds cry a lot. <laughs> and she she starts she has, she starts off the day with a good cry. And she then... doesn't go. She goes clubbing, and then it, but it's it's playing like the story's playing like someone who's older who is right. drunk now. And now wants to eat some Chinese food, and that's her fantasy to be older. But she's eleven, yeah, and enjoy Chinese food. But that's not the way this is presented at all. There was mm-hmm. another video that he did with Allison Gold. Um, the song it wasn't as silly as this, and it didn't have as much sort of you know larfs in it. But the video we can't do the video, obviously. But it was way creepier, George. It was like speaking of her growing up, she she's basically in like prostitute actual like prostitute clothes that you would see on Santa Monica Boulevard. And Mm -hmm. she's showing various ways that she's like committing suicide (laughs) when she jumps off a building and stuff. Yeah. It's just really weird. And she's hanging out with a bunch of kind of like prostitute looking grown women. It's I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's kind of like, no, it's okay. Where he takes these, these girls, you know, it's weird. Fucking hell. It's really weird. Yeah. These on every list. (laughs) Okay. So there you go, George. We have some going back to the old Arabia with Maria Moldauer (laughs) and Midnight at the Oasis. And then off to the old Siam with with Alison (laughs) Gold. Siam. (laughs) Alison Gold and Chinese food. Getting some beef and broccoli at the Palace of Siam. Okay. Um, I'm really having trouble with this because 
I was saying earlier to Aaron that I had a real moment with um, Midnight at the Oasis where I hadn't really thought about it ever, you know, or really cared about it or considered it much past a punchline. And now for half an hour, I had to get involved in it. And now I'm all in it. And I hadn't had this moment in a long time on We're covered show in sand. Where, yeah, exactly. Just It stands in every crack. It's in my ribs. It's everywhere. <laughs> and I had a moment, which I haven't had in this show in a long time, where you ask yourself, what am I doing with my life? Why did I spend a half an hour talking about this song? I didn't need to. It was not a part of my life. And now it is. <laughs> And that's part of the torture. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the other side of it, this song, this Chinese food song, is deeply disturbing. There's no effort in it at all. It just feels like a bunch of words put together, almost like a, not almost, like a children's song. The message and the fact that she's 11 years old seems very destructive, and it's just creepy. And there's a creepiness about Men at the Oasis, but at least as an adult. <laughs> right. Right. So I think ultimately I'm coming down with Chinese food here, but it's very close because I do not have a good feeling. I'm coming about down it. with a STD from the Arabian <laughs> saxophone. Yeah, exactly. From the Men at the Oasis, I do not have a good feeling. I had not had that feeling in a long time, and it's not a good feeling <laughs> to feel like you're wasting your life. But you're with your friends, so it's okay, and that's the point of the show. So I guess there's some positive to that so anyway it's chinese food yeah hey, i'll take it. it here we go strut your stuff fortune cookie fortune cookie camel camel creepy panda creepy cactus <laughs> fat usher fat there's a usher, bunch of little girls usher. in a bedroom playing monopoly and there's a knock at the door, and a nice mom comes up, and there's a guy in a panda suit at the door. <laughs> Come on in. Hi, is, is Alicia here, or whatever her name is? is or Allison what's her here? Yeah, is Allison here? Oh, who are you? I'm a panda. We met at a Chinese restaurant. I have a pandagram. <laughs> the father comes, just knocks the head off him. You're a grown man. You're not ordering Chinese food with my daughter and her friend and playing Monopoly it's in her fat room. fat usher and a furry. <laughs> oh, wait, you can produce a YouTube video for her and, and make Ooh. her $4,000? Come on in. Hold on a second. Or he's just lying. He's like, hi, delivery from the Chinese food restaurant. I'm from the Panda Express. This is a new thing we're doing, and you won. It's called Play Monopoly with Pete Panda. And get free noodles. Get the hotels out of my panda suit. <laughs> Ow. Oh, God. <laughs> uh all right, okay. there you go. Thanks, awesome. boys. And now let's let's kind of like speaking of spa. I think this is what you're going to hear. Yeah. At, what's her name? Stella Dennis. Yeah. The Stella Dennis Mud Hut. The Stella Dennis Mud Hut. Yeah. This this will this be playing. What, yeah. In the background. Sorbet. A walk through the woods on an early spring morning. Now, the only reason that I like that one is because it's one of the two quotes that I took from the the old uh, Summer's Eve disposable douche. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Commercials. Damn right. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Majel, for ushering us in. And now, Fat ushering us in. Fat Usher. I'll be ushered in by Fat Usher. Hey, can I get the Fat Usher? I don't want you. I want the Fat Guy. Yeah. I don't want any abs on my Usher, please. No. 
Okay, so George is going to now give us a sorbet. Yes, I think you guys are going to like this. I'm curious to see if you know it. I'm going to tell you about it first because I don't think you're going to know it. Are either of you familiar with the band The Angels or Angel City? Are they the Australian man? Correct, yes. I've heard of them and, and they're spoken of. Yes, but I don't. Exactly. I don't think I. I might know some of their songs, but I'm not thinking of any right now. They all wear white, right? Isn't that part of the thing? That was Angel. That was an oh, okay. American band. Okay. On Casablanca with Greg Jafria, later of Jafria. Jafria. Finally, <laughs> I bring up Jafria. Finally, we get a Jafria reference. In <laughs> Where show. you go? I yes, that's right, Aaron. It is J- Greg Jafria. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told my Greg Jufria story on this on this program where um that was the first person I ever saw. <laughs> I'm not sure if we could tell that story on the air. No, I don't okay. think we can at all, but you know, we could say we could talk about it between the three of us. Yes, right. It was you know, I, I don't I don't think and I I'll tell you about all that later and I actually talked to Greg recently in this very room I'm sitting in. Anyway, so back to the Angels. In Angel City. So um, Angel City is a uh, is an Australian band, and they they were the hugest thing in Australia in the 70s. I mean, it came up with ACDC and, in fact, got signed to an American deal because of ACDC. And what you, the song you may know from them um, is called Face the Day, and Great White did it. In the in the eighties, I'm not sure I remember that one. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of bands from that time, like Cheap Trick, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, even the guys in in Pearl Jam. Like this was one of these bands that you said that you loved. Like, oh yeah, I love I love Angel City, and they were originally called Angel City, but somebody else was using that, and then they became the Angels. And anyway, this is a deeper cut of theirs that. Um, I loved, years ago I loved, and I'd forgotten about, and then Bingo brought it back up to me. And um, and I was considering it for Mr. Kickass because what I really love about this track, and I think you guys will too, is that they, it because of the time it came out, which was 1978, it incorporates both an ACDC vibe with a new wave vibe, and the way they dress too, because you'll see in the video I sent you the live video because it has a little more snap to it than even the um, the one off the record does. But you'll see the way they look and who they are and how they play. But I just love this track. Um, so um, it's, it's called Marseille. So give it give it a spin. All right. Now, is is the video worth talking about, do you think? or It's just a live video. It's 1978. But the but the, the singer whose name was uh, Doc Neeson, and he was... And I saw these guys once at the Whiskey in the early 80s. And great personality... Just a really good front man, and and it, it shows in it shows in the video. But he was really just a very charismatic, you know, great singer or a great front man. Yeah, Aaron, maybe put up the video, just mute it if you want to kind of watch it in action. You know, hell yeah, I can send you the link if you want. Sure. All right. And it's sort of sad too because these guys were they're one of those things where they almost were ACDC. I mean, they were the biggest thing in Australia. In the, I mean, a huge like stadiums, and and if an American band went there, or even I mean, ACDC got bigger than them. But if you went to Australia, the Angels were going to open for you. That was it. Oh, I mean, cool. they were the band for forever in Australia, and they've never quite made it here. And it's sad because they're really good. So anyway, let's hear Marseille. Here we go.
yeah, I already got that that chunky, funky yeah. ACDC vibe going on. You and know? it almost sounds like The Clash, too, in some ways to me. And that's what I also love about it. Wait till you start singing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. must have been so fun like this is what 78 okay so like nxs was active at this point weren't they yeah yeah and acdc obviously they'd been around for good five years or so but it sounds like there was just a pub scene in australia where you just would just probably drink 10 beers listening to this fucking groove and music all night and the whole place was sweaty and you know talking to guys talking to girls Maybe, you know, Dunmore was in all these kind of bands back then, too. He's from Australia, you know? I would love to be there. We were, you know, obviously all too young for that, but also not in Australia. <laughs> but right. uh, I just am so jealous of this era, you know? And no shit, we were all stuck in the, in the uh, you know, passenger seat of a Fiat listening to Midnight at the Oasis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, stark contrast. From the other experience, right? To having a good time at a a, a pub in Sydney, listening to uh, to Angel City doing uh, Marseille, <laughs> and he's. I mean, are these guys considered hard rock? I mean, maybe in the same way that like bands like we were talking about earlier, like the Cult and stuff, could kind of thread that needle. But he's dressed very new wave, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the thing about them is they sounded they you know took both things and were so great. And and, uh, and oddly, the history of them they started like as a jug band. I'm not kidding. Oh wow! <laughs> like in 1970. I can't believe that I had never, in all the Sweet 69 days, I never wore like a day tux like that. That's, that's kind of the same tux that Mike is wearing in the One Thing video. Yeah. yeah. The, how did I never do that? <laughs> yeah, no, you'd look great in that. For one of our shows, Bingo wore like a, a, like a vest and a, a white, and like a white, he wore it somewhere else in like a white dress shirt. And we're like, you look great in that. You should wear it at the show. And he did once. Yeah, why not? You know? He got all, yeah. the, all the trim. Yeah, and, Dyke, and Doc Neeson, that was kind of his thing. Like, he would dress like that or wear bow ties, and that was his... Sort of like the Australian fee way bill, but in a in a pub rock band? Yeah, yeah. All right, come on. Pack the suitcase, take a chance. Got nothing to lose. Give me the sound of the road, guys. Give me a whiskey, don't think twice. Give me the pride that takes my That's a good line. Right. I'll say it right. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I could totally see Bingo playing the song. Oh, yeah. That's what we were, we were, we've talked about it for the act for a while now, and I hadn't thought about it. And then I started listening to it and listening to things for the act, and I'm like, fuck, we should totally do that. And I'm like, fuck, this is a great song for the podcast because it, it, it's a, it's undiscovered. Like, you right. guys may not have heard this. No, thought no, one yeah, of you go, oh, yeah, I've heard this, but you didn't. So I'm happy. Right. Yeah. No, I've never heard it. No, it's, it's awesome. I, it's got that, uh, it feels so familiar, and if it was Bond Scott, you'd go, oh, right, this is on high voltage. Like, it feels right. you're just missing the familiar voice, because I don't know him. But uh, I get a kick out of watching his style. Very cool. They sound just like that band Jet. <laughs> It does sound like think, Jet, you're right. I think yeah. Jet is a big fan of this band, I think. 
They're Australian, aren't they? Jet? It might be. I guess that I makes sense. I don't think Jet is Australian. Maybe they are. You might be right. Somebody look it up. Mm-hmm. I'm on it. Yeah, Australian. So we know where they got it from. <laughs> <laughs> we know. The other thing I want to mention is that I feel like there isn't a drummer on the planet. I don't care how good you are. You know, like no one can sound like Stuart Copeland. It's just impossible. Yeah. Like I've heard a couple guys yeah. get a, an approximation of it, but you just can't be him. I feel the same way about Phil Rudd, mm-hmm. but this guy's getting close, you know? Yeah, I know, right? With yeah. that that sort of hard rock disco beat. Yeah, he's yeah. the Phil's a fucking master of that. And it's like the best, you know, in the same way that Malcolm Young is the best at like, no one does it better than those two dudes. Yeah. It's just incredible. Like this guy, I mean, these guys know how to like, this would get a room going, you know, like that's the great thing. Like they have no idea who you fucking are. This will get a room going. Just kind of rock, you know, it's not metal. It's not rock and roll. It doesn't sound like Chuck Berry, but it's like, there's a style of rock and that's what this is. Get the room going. By the way, um, when uh, part of the, part of the, uh, in my research here, when Chuck Berry um, came to Australia, guess who was his backing band for the tour? Oh, oh nothing. The angels. Yeah. <laughs> Like they were those guys. They were the go-to guys for anything in Australia. Nice. Yeah. All right, come on. Now Marseille is in France, correct? Yeah, south of France. Yeah, south of France. Okay, so he's yeah. maybe he's doing a, a riff on the fact that like the stones and everyone sort of got rich and now are in the south of France. Is that what he's talking about? I don't know. I could not find a reason or anything on here because this is a deep cut that wasn't a single or anything. It's like a fan favorite. Well, George wrote the bitch of Berlin, and it's not like he was in Berlin. True. Very, <laughs> yeah, I wrote about a German girl. Um, but uh, but there's nothing about what this means or why they were. You know, he's saying going down to the south of France, and he's in Australia. So I, you know, I don't know. It's almost re- written from an English perspective, right? Yeah. Well, so, in the I, my guess is that it probably has something to do with. I mean, it's not that long after French Connection 2 came out, and that all yeah. c- takes place in Marseille in the heroin trade. And rock and rollers, they like their smack. Maybe he's, maybe oh. he's alluding to that. Oh, could be. He just wants to go there to score. Yeah. Okay, fair I enough. I did look up Marseille, and I didn't know this. Like Marseille is like the, like the third biggest city in France. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just sort of like a sleepy little port town, but it's not. Lots of crime there, but it's also yeah. very, very ruggedly beautiful, apparently. Well, and also a lot of arts, like museums and stuff, yeah. which I didn't know that either. So, yeah, it's really striking looking stuff, very weather beaten, really like sort of thrilling kind of vibe, is my impression of it. We're just sucking up to France to get more French listeners. Come we on, are. France. You know, I love listen, you, baby. We've conquered Italy. We've conquered uh, where, where, does, uh, where does Julia <laughs> live? The Netherlands? Where is Denmark. She Denmark. Denmark. So, you know, why not? New Zealand. Mm-hmm. We're marching through Europe, fellas. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How did the bass suddenly show up in the mix? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the bass player showed up right at the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a four-piece, George? It's uh, so there's brothers. There's Rick Brewster and um, and John who are on. I think lead and rhythm, or it's bass and rhythm, or bass and lead. Is the drummer Punky? 
<laughs> nice. Thank Is his you. name Punky? What's the guy's name? Punky? Oh, Punky Brewster, I was going for. Thank you. Oh, God. oh sorry. I, I, that went right <laughs> under my head or maybe over it. <laughs> I caught it directly on the chops. <laughs> I got it. I got it right in the chops, baby. <laughs> I'm just looking at the video and I just see four guys at this point and it's so thick with rock. I, I feel like there's a rhythm guitar, but maybe it's him doing everything, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. But maybe maybe I'm just not seeing the rhythm guitar player in the shot. I mean, it says John, it says John Brewster rhythm guitar, Rick Brewster lead guitar, and those are the brothers. Oh. So I think there is two guitar players in the band. Okay, the other guy's probably laying yeah. down or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, I see. Okay, I got it now. I see the layout. The, the bass player is like wearing black, and I think he was also just behind the singer, and I couldn't see him. Here we go. Take me away to myself. know if they still tour or anything george they don't they went through various breakups and stuff and then um and then doc died of throat cancer um in uh let's see 2013 i think oh that, that or, sorry no brain tumor brain tumor in 2014 is when doc oh. died and they had they had and there's been fun stuff where like the the brewster brothers like their kids replaced them in the band for a while and then they regrouped and you know back and forth like bands like this do over the years but they haven't in a while because because Doc is gone. He he seems like he'd be hard to replace, I guess. Yeah. These lyrics looks like he's just having a good time. <laughs> he's not alluding to drugs in any way. He's just I'm just going over there. I just got money to burn. Just gotta have a good time. Have me a good time over there. And like you said, it's just so much of a bond. And Bon Scott and Angus were the ones that got them signed in America. They'd done some records already in in Australia, but hadn't gotten an American record deal in like I think in seventy six. On their recommendation, they got signed to CBS Records. So they were all like they were all in the pubs together, and like you said, I mean these guys defined the pub scene of that time, like like Damon was describing. Mm-hmm. And uh, just yeah, just a great tune. Let's, let's hear a little more. All right. I mean, it's it's that kind of education, and 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 you know, when your bedfellows are these guys in ACDC, like that's the thing that people never understood or didn't get until they got it about in excess. Where you go, oh right, slinky, funky stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that's not what. But if you go see them live, that's not what's going on. They're it, a rock band. Yeah. yeah right. There's yeah. a fucking yeah. rock band, and they could stand they could stand toe to toe with any of these dudes. You know, it's a different style, yes, but. They have the energy. They have the reason they're incredible is because they came up in the same ways where you had to be delivering and had to be groove oriented, you know? And it's just, it's exciting to hear that. And like, it really would be something to see. And I was thinking about that recently where like there's precious little bands that just have a, a lead singer running around just having fun. Like, cause he's always got a guitar now. I miss that kind of thing where it's just a lead singer guy doing, yeah. doing stuff like all three of those bands had. Yeah, he's got a, a sort of Jagger quality to his voice as mm-hmm. well. 
I think. He does. Yeah. And I'm also detecting some Iggy pop in there. Yeah. There's definitely a punk thing happening here, which mm-hmm. which makes it different than than the, than ACDC. Where I mean, there's something, you know what I mean? There's something punk about ACDC, but it's not this kind of edge that like this guy has. Yeah, it sounds sort of more like the Dead Boys than it sounds like ACDC, but it sounds like a right. mixture of those, two, like a more refined Dead Boys kind of thing. It's it's got that punk attitude for sure. Yeah, yeah I like it. All right, here we go. Bonsoir, mademoiselle. Voulez-vous promenade avec moi ce soir? Oh, very good. Tu es ma chérie. Je m'adore. Ooh, did you hear that bass riff? Yeah, yeah. Now he's coming to life. The bass did a Ringo fill. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and uh, you can and we we can listen to the rest if you want. The rest it just my only complaint with this song is it just sort of the rest of it's just sort of a guitar solo jam. The rest of it. Oh, I see. There's okay. no more lyrics. It just sort of you know they just keep jamming it and everything. I just I love the I and I love it's also so ACDC. You know, I'm thinking of Sin City where to stop and do that thing where Bond talks to the audience and he does it in French and it's just so great and right. Know. Love it. I can just play it out underneath us talking if you want. Absolutely, yeah. It's just because it's just soloing, but what a great song. I love the energy and the unique band that they were. And I love that early 80s bands, club bands, and it, it, everyone, everyone in the Sunset Strip during the early 80s knew this and loved it and wanted to be like it. Yeah, yeah you sure. want to have that attitude, like even if you have like long hair and you're not wearing short hair, punky vibe. You want yeah. to have what this feels like, the fun that this is, whatever that is. Exactly right. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should do this, George. You would do a good job at it, and the act would too, obviously. But like, it would be a good one for for you. Yeah, there's no way that the rubber burners wouldn't be like, pardon the pun, but burning this one up, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. we yeah we, we we kick the shit out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys planning on getting back together like soon or? As soon as my ribs heal, yeah. <laughs> no, we've rehearsed a couple times. And we hadn't been able to keep it together, so um, we've got to got to figure that out. And also, um, Steve gave up the rehearsal studio, um, r- thankfully, right before it rained because it leaks like crazy. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and uh, so he, after after ten years, he let the rehearsal studio go. So we have to, you know, now kind of do go back to the you know finding a place, which we can do, but it's more of a hassle. But where would you also, find a place in, in the valley? <laughs> hmm, head scratcher. Yeah, exactly. Where we find a place to rehearse, you know. But you got to drag your shit there rather than having yep. it set up. Yep. And you walk in, and the, your refrigerator has the beer already in it, and you know all that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're adults now; we can figure that out. Um, but yeah, after I was just getting ready to, to, I was looking at all different songs, and we have half a set list, and we've added a few things, and we haven't played in four years since Larry passed. We haven't played. Oh wow! And so I guess we I guess we played one show at, a, but it was a house party in, in the summer of. 2021 and that was the last time we played so i don't really count that but um so i'm excited about it you're gonna fly out a dog for bass duties <laughs> I, w- I would love it but i, I think i think a dog's out right a dog <laughs> um yeah I, I may i may be i may be retired oh. <laughs> who fucking knows like i'm trying to do i'm trying to engage more and uh and you know short answer who the fuck knows like you know let right. me know when something comes up and like i'd ra- i want to be asked so that i can 
turn down your best friend? Of course, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'll be turned down a million times if he only says yes once. <laughs> that was the best version of us. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea of doing it absolutely. So, like, that's that's more than I was at uh, uh, not long ago. So, you know, there's also young Chris, who's a member of our team. Yeah, there you go. Right, yeah, yeah, it's true. He's a great bass player. So I would, you know, forget the guys still in the North Star. You know, those guys, those guys are hard to work with. Well, we got Mark. I mean, Mark's been, Mark, you know, yeah, Mark's, yeah, Mark's, Oh, you have a guy. Okay. I thought oh, yeah, we yeah. have a bass player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So then never mind. Forget I'm going to edit all this out too. Boy, this is going to be a fun edit this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did it guys. We did it. We got through it and my ribs are still intact. Yeah. Forget and, we, uh, Aaron and I just had to sit here and, and be our usual lumps of clay. You had to work through the pain with your gritted teeth and yet you still delivered George. Yes, I feel, stuff, I feel, George. I feel much better, and I'm very glad I did this. So thank both of you. Yeah, you were, you absolutely. were, you were my medicine. <laughs> Good medicine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this has been episode seventy of Ear and Loathing, and we are the Gitmo Bros. And why don't you say this with me? We haven't done this in a while. We are the number, number one, one rock rockers, rockers forever. Oh my god, yeah. they fucking have That always goes so well. Now, now I know why we haven't done it in 57 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the fact it doesn't go well is who we are. I like it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so I guess we're going to say goodbye, and we'll see everybody next time on episode 71. Say goodbye, fellas. Goodbye, everybody. Bye! Ear and loathing. I'm here, I'm queer, my ribs hurt. Come on, let's go. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.